Uh, what's going on in our church with our youth? And and I just look back. Yes, I don't know what's going on. Children's church, eight years old and younger. Sorry about that. Eight years old and younger. Oh, children's church. Thank you. Am I okay? They were saying, let me turn this up. Do I need to scoot it up on my collar? Or? Can you hear me now? Testing one, testing one. It's on, it's just, okay. Children's church, that's good stuff. Yeah, I was at, I was at Center Star one year, and I had all the little uh, children's church kids up there, and I said, and we was talking about sin. And uh, we just got through talking about getting close to God, and one of them wanted to climb up on a ladder and get closer to him. And I said, well, <laughs> I don't know how that works. We get close to God on our knees, and he can understand that. And then I said something about, well, you don't need to be sinning because, you know, that's like cussing, lying, cheating, stealing, drinking. Still, he said, my daddy drinks. And I was, I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, mine does too. And I was like, no, no. And the mamas and daddies were in there. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And it just got way out of hand real quick. They were, and I was like, we don't want to talk about sinning. My daddy don't drink. He don't do nothing. And then it, was just, it just kept on and. And uh, we had a good time with them, though, but I'll never forget that. I was so embarrassed. And, but, uh, yeah, you, hey, out of the mouth of babes. Amen. I'm just going to tell you, it'll, it'll preach, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, this morning, I, I, well, I'm, I used this, this message. I preached last Sunday for our graduates, and I want to tell you what's going on with your graduates. If you don't know a lot of this, and uh, maybe this will help you understand it. But right now, we have 33 million teenagers in our country. We have only 4% of them claim to be born again. Wow. 33 million. That's more teenagers than, it were, than, than there was during the baby boomers, okay? There's more teenagers right now. They also spend the most money of any, any generation that's ever been. But the staggering fact of that 88% of churched kids, church kids that you raise up and, and go through your youth ministry and you pour your life into them, 88% of them leave the church when they graduate. In the Southern Baptists, 94% of them leave the church. For a little while, it says they, most of them don't return to church until they have kids of their own. That is a sad thought, isn't it? But you know it's true. I, I mean, we, had a, we were watching that the other day. I was talking to a church uh, back home, and I said something to them about it, and I said, um, you know, I told that statistic, and he said, you know, we had 23 kids in our high school class. They graduated two weeks ago, and they had three in church Sunday morning. Wow. He said, I I'm with you, brother. And I said, well, we've started something in our church called student-led ministry. It's called the Big Turnover, and we're actively involving our kids in the ministry right now. Our young people are actively involved in the ministry. It's good to see a youth back there running the sound. That's what happens. They run the sound. They do the everything. They do it all. Our youth, class, our youth ministry is ran by youth. They, they plug in the sound system, turn it on, hand me a microphone. You know, it's everything about them. They're on the dance team, the drama team, the prayer team, the uh, praise team, the, the um, hands team. They, we got so many teams, and I told them, I will make another team if we have to. We just keep making teams so they'll be actively involved in your church. And then, uh, that's not why I'm here this morning, but anyway, but I just wanted to share that with you. It get, get young people involved in your ministry, and they'll stay in the ministry. Right. 
You know, and, and it's, I'll tell you what, a lot of older people love it when we go up and say, hey, our kids would like to work the lights on Sunday morning. They go, hey, I'll train him right now. Just have him sit down. And they do that. And we have, we have theatrical lights and all that stuff going on. And, and uh, last week, our praise and worship team got to actually, our youth band, beta for 7th, 8th, and ninth graders, were on the stage Sunday morning. And it was amazing. And uh, we just appreciate them so much. But I just want to tell you, those, those odds, the reason I came up with this uh, sermon and the title says, Let Go and Let God. You know, they, they have a long life ahead of them. God says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. They'll hear it all their life, probably. But it says, uh, let, uh, don't let any... Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for you to prosper, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. And I, I was at prayer this morning with another young man at our church. We get there and we, we have a prayer, uh, we call it like the upper room we call it. But we pray at 7 o'clock in the morning over our church. We pray over everyone there. My pastor and I, and we have some other men come and join us. There's a young man preaching there right now while I'm preaching here. And he, he was raised at Bethlehem. And so he's preaching this morning, but he prayed this morning. His, his son was in there and he prayed that for young people to have hope. For us to experience hope today. For us to share this with them, to tell them, you know, that God had plans for them. And, a, uh, and I, I memorized this back when I was here at Bethel, but I wrote a song about it. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Amen? If they'll remember that, I wrote this down on one of our graduates. I always write letters to them. And I wrote one yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, and I said, this is not just a verse for you to have. This is a lifestyle that I live by. Amen. And this is something that we, I want to get across to you today as well as myself. God speaks to me while I preach, and He just keeps flooding me with scriptures that I didn't put down on my paper. And, and I, was telling, uh, I was telling Brother Hal about it. It's just amazing how the Holy Spirit does that. Who would ever thought that when Ricky Michael told me and Alicia we ought to start a Bible drill class that I would ever need to know Bible, the books of the Bible? <laughs> you know, I, I never thought about that back then. It wasn't important to me, I don't think. But then all of a sudden, you know, God just pours it out on you and He uses what He taught you. So a lot of you have been through, I see you guys are graduating today, um, this year. You've been taught into, you've been spoken life into and I want to tell you, don't take for granted. Don't take it for granted. A lot of kids don't even know Jesus. They don't know about Jesus. I have a 16-year-old that joined our church last uh, Wednesday night. She accepted Jesus Christ into her life. She does not know one Bible story. 16 years old. Her family has never been in church. She don't know. I said, Noah? She went, the movie? I went, no, not the movie. And I said, uh... David, uh, David and Goliath? She went, no. Nah. I said, Bethlehem? No. Nah. 16 years old. So I'm telling you, we can't take for granted, you know, what we have here. I mean, this is my roots, okay? I'm thankful to God that I have roots. You know what I mean? Uh, this is awesome. Um, I do want to say before I get really started that my wife, uh, she's an eighth grade Sunday school teacher, and she could not leave her girls this morning. It's their last Sunday with her, and she had the muffins cooked and everything. And, and uh, she says, I have to be with my girls this morning. I'm sorry, you know. So uh, I understand that. And we have a lot of other teachers that are, you know, have spoken life into these kids. They get attached to them, and they love them. And so they're going to be moving up next Sunday. And uh, so that's where my wife is at. 
But I also want to, I can't stop there and just say um, my daughters are amazing. Lindsay is right now, she is working at, on, a, on a Christmas flight. I don't know if you know what that is, but I'll talk to you about it later. But it's a, a, a three-day camp of uh, speaking life into people and to God. And then um, she's doing that and spreading the love of God, really. Uh, all three days, we pick her up tomorrow evening. L Kristen, uh, my youngest, has, uh, we have a grandbaby, now Peyton. Peyton Ray is our little, our little girl, and we love her to death. And uh, then uh, she's walking now. She hasn't, said, she hasn't said Poppy yet, but I'm working on her. And she hasn't said Mimi yet either, but we're working on her. But she can go, touchdown, stuff like that, you know. Her dad's for Auburn, but we forgave him stuff. But anyway, uh, but anyway we'll, go, we'll go roll tide, you know, like that. But anyway, um, but she's amazing. We have, and then Kristen is uh, having a little boy in August. So uh, I got a swimming pool in my back of my truck. We're going to put it up tomorrow or the next day for her and so she can come over and just relax in it, you know. Like, I, you know I'm a big spender if you can put it in the back of my truck in a box. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to dig one, <laughs> you know, nothing like that, friends. But anyway, all right, well, this morning, let go and let God. How many of you believe, how many of you believe that the, the Bible is the Word of God, the true Word of God? Raise your hand if you do. All right, you believe it, Amen. So, uh, in, so when you look at the verse 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that a man of God be made perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen? Everything we'll ever need is in the Bible. You know, and this is God's Word. Right now, there's another statistic saying that there's like 50-something percent of the young people, church kids, Christian young people that don't believe in the absolute truth. Who is coming in and, and, and sharing that with them? It's the enemy. Right. Amen? He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so what we have to do is we have to overpower them with the Holy Spirit of God and the power of God. We have to just keep powering that into our young people. Speak life into your young people and let them know that they have this path. They have a, God has a plan for them, a path already laid out for them. He wants them. You know what? Most young people will try to, try to veer off of that. And, and when they do, they get out from under that umbrella. They get out from under God. And what happens is the world just tries to take over. Now listen, when I stood up last year and I had an 18-year-old, somebody called me and said, Nicole just shot herself. She just shot herself. She killed herself in front of about eight police cars. And I said, why? What is going on? She was just here. Nobody could tell us except her Facebook said that they would not let me change. She had got into the world and got out there and was doing some crazy stuff, and then she got saved. I baptized her. Then she went back to school, and her friends would not let her change. You know, you can't, if you just can't take the heat of being a Jesus freak or something like that, then, you know, I don't know what was going on. But they, she said they would not let me change. I couldn't handle it anymore. Hmm. This morning I stand before you because of what I've been through. And a lot of you have been through a lot of stuff too. But I just want to say, you know, I apologize to this church for the years that I was like 17, 16 and 17 till I was 21. I apologize to you. Because you did not know that I was the hypocrite that I was. 
I did all the vacation Bible schools. I wrote all the songs for vacation Bible schools. I did all that, but I could cuss a sailor out. I'd go to school and cuss. I was not a drinker. I didn't go to the parties. I didn't do none of that. But I like to make fun of people, be the class clown, which was no, <laughs> you can tell that, you know, that's no surprise to anybody. You can be the class clown, tell dirty jokes, look at dirty books. That was me. That's what I did. And I would cry at night about it because I knew that God had his hand on me, but I, didn't, I wasn't ready for it. And until my best friend was killed on the highway, 64 highway, I say close friend, was killed on 64 highway one morning when I was 21 years old, my life, I recommitted my life to Christ that day, and I have never checked up since, and I'll, I, I'm not ashamed of it at all. God spoke to me through that death. And I just said, why? Why would you take him? And it was just almost like, and I was so mad at God, and God just said, why are you doing this? Don't, don't you fuss at me. Don't you fuss at me. I had him in front of you for two or three years, riding back and forth to work together every day. You never shared Jesus with him once. You choose you this day who you'll serve because you're making me sick living the way you're living. And I was in the middle of the field behind my grandmama's house and I remember walking back and I said, well, from now on, I will, I will not let anyone ask the question or I don't want anyone to ask the question or assume or not know that I'm a Christian. From this day forward, God, I'll do that. I'm going to go all out Jesus freak on people. I'm going to be sold out to you from this day on. And I did it. I walked back, but you know what? I stopped on the way back and I said, but God, they're going to laugh at me. And this still small voice, I still, still hear the Spirit say to me, they've been laughing at you for five years because you say your one thing at church and you got everybody snowed, you think. Probably Francis and Rick and you right through all that. But when you get, you've got, you think you got everybody snowed, but you know what? You know, they're laughing at you behind your back. So why don't you just let them laugh at you for being a Christian? Amen. There's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Laugh all you want to laugh. Because I love where I'm at. I love where I'm at in Christ. And here's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, when it says, when it says this, and you've got to understand, I, I was raised thinking this, knowing this. This is the true word of God. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but it says, But in power, love, and a sound mind. Me and my pastor, well, let me just say this about my pastor. My pastor likes going shark fishing, okay? So he came to our beach break. We take our kids to beach every, once a, a year. We take them for one week, our juniors and seniors, and we call it beach break. He came out on beach break, said, hey, let's go shark fishing tomorrow morning. I said, oh, yeah, really? And I thought we'd go down to the beach. He said, no, he had these rubber kayaks. Rubber kayaks. <laughs> I said, okay, all right, let's get him. So he started going out there. We, we got up real early. So we went, the, the waves wasn't really pounding, so we went out there. You know where those boats come by, the shrimp boats? We just went right past that wake. We just went right through that. I said, this is blue water now. We're in the blue water. No life vest. We're out there doing our little rubber rafts with the, with the pole stuck down between your legs, hoping it won't hit the hook, won't hit my rubber raft. You know, I don't want to hear the word, I don't want to hear the sound. <laughs> I don't want to hear none of that. Get out there about a mile out. You just barely can see the people back at the beach. We're out there catching these things called hardtails. It's a fish with a what? Hardtail, yeah. So anyway, this tail, this thing is sharp. And I'm pulling them up, and I'm like, oh, don't hit my boat. Don't hit my boat. 
You know, when I finally I get it up, I get, I get it in, I take them off. You know, when you un- unhook a hook, you get blood on you, and you throw it in back in the water. And you're washing your hands out there a mile out in a rubber raft, no life vest, shark fishing. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. This is really crazy. I'm just thinking. And all of a sudden, I heard this sound. Hold on. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. One of us has done, you know, got a leak. Well, there ain't no way my pastor's as big as my brother's. I mean, there's no way that we're going to get back on my raft. <laughs> You know, or his, whatever. So I'm looking around. It wasn't that. It was a big turtle. Huge turtle. And the turtle was coming through the water. It was like five foot around. Big head, eyeballs that big. Anyway, so my pastor said, let's follow it. Let's follow it. So we followed it. He was coming up going. So we followed it around. So then I said, you know what? I'm I'm tired of this. He went underwater and I couldn't see him. And I thought, he's going to think I'm a seal or something. He's going to eat my raft and (laughs) we're going to die out here. So I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. So I looked down and I said, Lon, I'm going back, man. We didn't catch a shark, but I saw hundreds of sharks when I just looked down. There were little bitty sharks and there were big sharks and they were just all swimming. Pretty as you please. I said, I'm going back, man. He said, what? He said, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear. I said, finish it. He said, what? I said, finish the verse. Finish it. He said, what are you talking about? I said, he said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. I said, yeah, but power, me, love for my body, and a sound mind. I'm going back. So I'm just telling you, every part of your life, and you can understand how you use the scripture in your life, but I'm, I'm taking off. I went back, man. I got back. I, went, I don't do that no more. I, I, I mean, our kids come running up and catch sharks on um, when we go down there, they shark fish at night off the beach. And then I clean them and we dress them and we eat them. They're really good, by the way. Blackened seasoning and lemon juice, that's all you need on a grill. You're good with it. All right. But anyway, let's get back to this. Romans 8.1 says this. So now there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus? This is, a, this is a verse that bounced off the page at me. This, this jumped off out of the Scripture, just jumped off the page at me. How many of y'all read the Scripture now? You've read it for all your life, and all of a sudden God shares something with you. You ever done that? Listen, if you're not doing that, you need to start reading your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. I don't care if you read the same Scripture every day. Read your Bible. But the, Bible's the, the, the Bible doesn't just say read your Bible. It says study and show yourself approved. A workman needeth not... Be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's the thing. Study your Bible. We tell our kids that. Study your Bible. How many of us actually bring our Bible to church? Here's why we don't. We have one of these things. Now tell the kids, I would rather hear you flipping the pages, looking to see if that's right, and, and flip the pages and highlight it. But we get lazy. We don't have a Bible anymore. We have a cell phone. Oh, I've got my Bible right here. I can look up 12 different versions. You know, that's great. But you know what? I sit down with young people. I've led them to the Lord with my phone. I've led them to the Lord with the, with the Bible. I still like the paper Bible. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't, this, is not a, this, is, this is great to have. I'm not knocking this, but I'm saying it, if it makes you lazy and not pick up your Bible on Sunday mornings, then start picking up your Bible. Read your Bible every day and pray over it. 
Pray about what God's showing you in your Bible. When you see that there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, you and I and everyone here, everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ into their life, there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. You do not stand condemned right now. Listen, if you ever, y'all remember Eeyore? Do y'all remember Eeyore, anybody? Yep. What? Oh, woe is me. Nobody likes me. I can't get a job. I can't lose weight. I can't quit smoking. Oh, woe is me. Y'all know anybody like that? Y'all ever run into people like that at work? At school? You know, I just want to say, I want to walk up to them and say, would you get your head up? There are some people, there's some people that don't have what you have. And if you have Jesus Christ in your life this morning, you have everything. You see, Jesus, in the, in the mix of all your troubles, changes everything. If your life is not, if your life, let me tell you what, if your life is like a glass of water, you ask yourself this question, is my life half empty or half full? A half glass of water, is it half empty or half full? You've got to look at it that way. You've got to change your way of thinking. We have got, I'm just saying you, we've got to change our way of thinking. Joyce Meyer calls it stinking thinking. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And then it goes on down. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you what? Transformed. By what? By the renewing of your mind. Every morning is a renewing of my mind. Every morning when I wake up and I read my Bible and I study God's Word and I pray over my kids, it is a renewing of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I have a quiet time every day. Driving down the road, I have a quiet time. When when somebody pulls out in front of me on the parkway in Huntsville, it's a little different than these back roads over here. And they start waving at you with one finger. I don't know what that's about. But anyway, but when I, you know, all this stuff and they're, they're doing everything. Listen, if you have the, right, the wrong frame of mind down there, you'll run yourself crazy. But if you start praying for those people, you start thinking, maybe I was in the wrong here. Maybe I was going too slow. Maybe I was going too fast. Maybe I didn't turn my blinker on. You know, but I'm going to start doing better. I want to be an example of Jesus Christ. Listen, we, we take this, I have took or taken Romans chapter 8 for granted for years. Never thought about it. Romans 8 and 2 says this, And because you belong to Him, get this, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you. Did you, did, you say that you. did you say earlier that you believe that this is a true Word of God? Amen? Amen? If you did, you have been set free. Today, I came here today to set you free. I want you to understand that you do not have to hold on any longer to a past sin. How far does Jesus cast our sins when we give them to Him? As far as the east is from the west. Brother Lon says He cast them into a sea of forgetfulness. And we put a no fishing sign out there. It's gone. Why do we carry it around? 
Why do we carry that around? We got to think about the power of the Holy Spirit. John 6, uh, 63 says this, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That is, do you understand? John 6, 63 is talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Since, I've left, since I left here, we went from here down to uh, Center Star when I was 27. And then after, we went there for like 14 years. I think that's right, 14 or 18, I forget. 14 years. And then after that, we went to Crossroads for two years. And then after that, now I've been in Bethlehem for eight. But I'm going to tell you what's happening in my life. The Holy Spirit of God started moving in my life. And I started, after this whole thing I had go on back home when I was 21, I started seeking God. I started seeking what God wanted to do in my life. And it was just, it was unreal at things. Y'all probably don't even know this happened. But I'll tell you what happened. I came in, uh, I prayed about where I was going to be going in my life. Because I told Francis, him, I didn't know where it, was, where it was or what it was, what he wanted me to do. I just knew God was calling me. And I knew that God had his hand on me. I didn't know where and what it was. And one day, coming through Grassy, we were living in Elgin. I was coming back up here and I told Alicia, I said, I know what it is. And she said, what? how do you know what it is? I just know what it is. And uh, <laughs> it's the youth. He's calling me into the youth ministry. She said, how do you know that? And I said, I'm just telling you. It just came to me right now. I know. I walked in that door. Ricky's, Ricky Michael was in the office. He said, come here. So I walked in there and he says, hey, um, would you be interested in doing a youth, uh, a youth retreat this next year? Me and Francis were talking about it. You and Kim McConnell could get together, kind of come down and do this thing with these kids. I was like, the youth? He said, yeah, the youth. I said, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I can do that. I turn around. What's his name? Gerald Sims. Is that right? Gerald Sims is standing there. Gerald Sims says, hey, listen. No, I'm sorry. Miss Seibert, Miss Patty, si Patty Seibert was standing there. And she said, come here. I got to talk to you about something. I said, what? She says, we're going to start a vacation Bible school this year. And we want to, it's going to, well, in our, she was doing vacation Bible school. And she says, I think they're here for you and Francis. I already talked about it. They're going to do a youth vacation Bible school. Would you like to be involved in that? And I said, yes. So I'm going, that's two in five seconds here. I mean, it's like five minutes here. So then Gerald Sims comes running down the aisle. He says, oh, Philip, I'm going to be gone next Sunday. Back then we rotated the choir, okay? Adult, youth, adult, you know, and children. I think children's there. So he says, hey, I'm going to be gone next Sunday. Can you take over and do the music for me and do the choir? And I said, which one? In my head, I knew he was going to say youth. I knew he was going to say it before he ever opened his mouth. And Gerald Sims said, it's the youth choir. And I looked at Alicia, and we both teared up. And I just said, That's the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me that's not the Holy Spirit. And it was from that moment on, I said, oh, my goodness. I said, God's called me into the youth ministry. We started helping out here. We did that camp. We did the little things. Francis had us just bouncing off the wall. We, me and Max knocked over Scott Adams, busted his head open. But I mean, we did the whole thing. But we, I mean, it was crazy stuff that we've done. We, uh, we gave a snake to Naylor McCrillis the day he left and got beat out of the church. <laughs> It was so funny, and a whole room full of women. He goes, hey, 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 look at that. There's a snake about that long. No, we threw it in Chuck Stewart's car. It was crazy. But anyway, lots of stuff happened back then. We put the owl in Miss, <laughs> Miss, Miss uh, Naylor McCready's mailbox. I put an owl in there we found on the side of the road one night. But anyway, it's crazy. It was alive. Hold it, it was alive. It come out on her. <laughs> but um, we, we didn't roll Ricky Michael's yard. We possumed it. 
<laughs> Throw them possums on his house. That's so funny. Anyway, all right. Anyway, we rolled Sonia Blackburn's backyard while she was in the front yard. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I'm sorry. But anyway, I got I had a had a moment there. But anyway, I'm just saying we done all of that stuff. We were into everything, but I knew that God had His hand on my life. Tony Boyle, was it Tony Bowles? Is that right? Tony Bowles was coming to this church. We'd already, Ricky or whoever, had already promised him, said, hey, guess what's going to happen? We, got a, we have two, uh, youth, I mean, a, a guy in a youth working with a youth, and he has two girls about the same age as, not Paige, it was, I forgot her name. But uh, anyway, his daughter was coming, and we said, it'll be great, it'll work out just as great. <laughs> and then that night, that week, Adam Walton called me and said, uh, we, we're in need of a youth pastor at Center Star, and want to know if I'd go down and talk to him. I went down and talked to him and all that stuff. Long story short, we accepted that, and I came back, and when Tony got here, I was leaving the next week. And I told him, I said, I just, I hated that. But Tony's over at Ardmore right now, I mean, over in uh, uh, Woolly Springs. He's amazing. He is an amazing preacher. And uh, he and his wife's still killing six points every year and eight and ten points. Sherry, she's awesome. But I, I'm just saying, we, um, you see when God puts his hand on you, you know, and then I went down there. I didn't know what I was doing. But I'd, all I had to do was rely on what I was taught. And like I said earlier, love people. Ricky Michael said this, love people. Love them where they are. Love God, love people, and always love people where they are. And where they are in life. And listen, you may think this is wrong. Some of you may have prejudices and things. But it doesn't matter who it is to me. Whether it was, a, if it's a prostitute, a homosexual, it can be anybody anybody that needs Jesus Amen. you meet them where they're at you love on them and you you care about them you, you may not agree with their lifestyle and what's going on in their life but you do agree that they have a soul and then Jesus died on the cross for everyone right. amen? amen and what we do is we get we get kind of down in this uh, little mold I think you think in our life you know and we don't we try we don't want to break out of it well this morning I want to I want to tell you this be set free this morning we're going to sing a song later uh, here, here in the invitation. It's called, There is power in the name of Jesus. Y'all believe that? I do. And it's going to sing that over and over. And, and it's just a time for you just to sing to God, just to open up your heart and praise Him. And then I don't, if it's something real small, it doesn't matter how small it is, it'll hold you back. The devil, who is a liar, by the way, is the thief, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And here's the thing. If you allow him to come in, if you allow him to hold on to you, to something that you've already asked forgiveness for, it's done gone. It's in the past. It, doesn't, it should not hold you back right now. If you're, if you're a man in here, and you're not involved in a, in a men's ministry, you're saying, well, I, just, I just can't do that. Bull, you can do that. You just, you listen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's in your book. You don't tell, you don't get backed into a corner and say, I can't do that. Because the life-giving spirit, listen, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that sin is in that leads to death. You've been freed from that. Romans 8, 3 says the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sin nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in, in body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us the Son. Amen. An end. Listen, an end to sin's control over me. 
It has no control over me. I get backed into a corner, I come out of a corner. You look at my dad. Look at what's going on with my dad. Some people that say, you know, oh, poor Joe. Poor, my dad has led like five people to the Lord since, he's, since the accident. My dad, is, he is still a seer. I call He may be blind, but he is a seer. I can talk to my dad about different things and problems and situations, and he sees right through it. Wow. Tell me, don't back him. You didn't back him into no corner. Amen, Dad? You didn't back him into a corner. And I'm going to tell you what, you go visit my dad, which if you would love to do that, he'd love to have you. You go visit my dad, you will leave uplifted. Amen. He reminds me so much more like of David Ring and people like that that never said no. They're not going to stop. They let go and just started letting God. Amen. And so here we are. And listen to what it says. In Romans 8, 4, it says, He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully just justified for us with no longer following our sinful nature, but instead following the Holy Spirit. Look at us. We are heirs to the kingdom of God. Mm. <laughs> We've been bought with a price. We're not our own. You have the power. Oh, I'm going to read it. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. This is what it says here. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. That's who we are now. Don't let the world come in on you. You talk about your lost friends, how you don't understand how they won't listen to you when you talk about Jesus, or they won't listen to you when you're witnessing to them. Listen, why do they act the way they act? They do because they're lost. They don't know Jesus. They don't have the hope that you have right now. They don't have the spirit that you have right now. They are thinking negative. You are thinking positive. You are in the light. They are in the darkness. It's, it's so simple. We are the light. Listen, one of our kids got hired the other day and said, I'm the only Christian in where I work. I said, praise God. You are the light that was brought in there. That's why you were brought in there, to bring light, to show them that they can be set free from sin. John 10, 10 says, oh, I'm sorry, in Romans 8, 6 says, So let, letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting your spirit control your mind leads to the life and peace. Amen to that. Right. Romans 8, 7 and 8 says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. They, that's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. Think of your lost friends. Listen, in John it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. That's why they can't quit drinking. They can't quit smoking. They can't quit lying and cheating and stealing. They're trying to with everything they can. But you know what? It takes the Holy Spirit of God to come in. And when he comes in, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we're here today because of this. You actually totally believe this or you wouldn't be here. Most people don't even go to church. Most people don't care about church anymore. But this is your rock. This is your foundation. This is what leads you out into your life, into the workforce. But I'm going to say this, and I'm pleading with you, just like I do my youth group, don't let this be your God. Church, it's God first, your family second, the church third. When you're out about, when you're out about working and stuff, let your, let your reflection, let God's reflection reflect through you to your people, to whoever it is, your, your student, your, uh, your peers, your co-workers. Don't just hold it in. 
Be set free. I've got to read this one more thing and I'll stop. It says, uh, Romans 8, 9, it says here, You are controlled by the sinful, hold it, but you are not controlled by the sinful nature. Amen. You are controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, if you have the Spirit of God living in you, you are controlled by that Spirit. A friend of mine said, he came over to the church the other day, Alan Ostrisky, and he said, you know, we always say once saved, always saved. He says, I say once saved, always changed. He's in, and a black preacher friend of mine said this way, we're talking about are you saved? How do you know you're saved? He said, well, if you is what you was, you ain't. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that? If you is what you was, you ain't. Makes sense, doesn't it? How many of the people do you know can look at your life from last year to this year and say, boy, they've changed when they gave their life to Christ, they changed. Amen. Something happened to them. Y'all know people like that. You ever, ever met people that got saved? They got that Jesus look in their eyes. You can't, get it. You can't hide it. You cannot hide it. You know that they're saved when you see them. Amen. I, I'll say this. I wasn't going to say it, but I'll say this. I know that Miss Francis was a Christian when she was working at the fish grill and all the stuff we put her through, and I can still see that Jesus look in her eyes. She could have pinched our heads off. My ex-girlfriend worked there, threw hot grease on me with a fishtail, and I almost slapped her, but I didn't. And then Miss Francis said, both of y'all in the cooler. I mean, it was just crazy. You stay away from him. You stay away from her. You don't come out this door anymore. I mean, it was just like, it was just unreal. But I'm saying, you could see it. She still had the love for us. She was still trying to show us something. And that's what, what's happening right now in this church. This church is, think about this church and don't take it for granted. I've got to close this, but I want to I share this right here with you. I've got to find my verse. This one verse that I've got to share with you. Here it is. Go to Romans 8, 12. It says this, last verse. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature is urging you to do. You have no obligation. Amen. You, don't, you do not have to do what the sinful world wants you to do. You have a choice whether to smoke or whether not to. Whether to drink, whether not to. Whether to lie, whether not to. Whether to cuss, whether not to. Whether to look upon a woman in the wrong way or not to. Or a man and not to. You know what I mean? You have the choice. I have the choice. God gave us that choice on the cross. And thank God that He died for our sins and He rose again and He defeated death, hell, and the grave. There's another verse in here that I was going to talk to you about, but let, I'm just going to throw, the, throw it out to you and tell you this. It says that your body will die, but through Jesus Christ, He's given you the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in you. He's going to give you that spiritual life. He's going to give you eternal life. This is a body suit. Think about your body as a body suit. Amen. Some of us take care of them. Some, baby, some people don't. And what happens is your body suit is going to wear out. And when your body suit wears out, it will die. But if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter if your body suit had cancer. It doesn't matter if your body suit had leukemia. It doesn't matter if your body suit uh, is whatever your body suit is. Listen, your body suit, our body suits will die. They house our spirit and our soul. Right. And when they die, we never taste death. 
My mom, I said this last Sunday. My mom, my mom, when she took her last breath here on this earth, she had her first breath in heaven. She never tasted death. That's what Paul said. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He didn't worry about it. I want you to be set free this morning. We're going to sing a song here in just a moment. I know you don't, you don't know it, probably don't know it. But it says, there is power in the name of Jesus. And I would like you just to stand, and I would like you just to... I'll let them, are they going to play it? Can you play it? Okay. We'll go ahead. We'll start this song. But I want, I want to leave this... I want to open this altar up for you. Because last week, we had a lot of people at our church. A lot of people at our church, they started coming. They just started coming because there was something little in their life they wanted to get rid of. They had a friend they needed to pray for, but they hadn't been living the life they should have been. This morning, if you will, let's stand. And we're going to sing this song. There is power. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. You come this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Bill to come. There is power you come this morning. We want to pray over you. We want to pray for Jesus. you. This is your invitation. Break every chain. Break every chain. There is power. Just give it to God. Give your life right, right now. Totally to God. There is power.
this morning. Um, um, I want to tell you this. There is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. And by the, and by the tears that I saw on some of your faces at this, at this, during this altar, during this offering time, not offering time, during this uh, invitation, you need to be set free this morning. And you, do, you don't, don't need to be felt, held captive sitting in a pew. You don't need that. You need to be set free from it. God has great plans for you. And I tell my young people, I tell my young people in our, in, our Sunday, in our Sunday school classes and stuff, I said, you need to stand up for Jesus at church because it's a whole lot harder to stand up out there if you don't in church. Uh, I, you may be seated. I think they're going to, uh, I think uh, they have a baptism today. And, uh, but I think uh, Hal has something special for you. Anyway, I love you guys. And I just, uh, I just pray over you. I thank you for allowing me to come back. Miss Francis, I love you. Uh, you're, you are my, you're one of my rocks. <laughs> and um, I thank you so much. And uh, dad, is dad leaving? Are you leaving? You guys leaving? You're not? Okay. All right. Amen. God bless you. again with just my children and my wife I thank my God above to be living here today for the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away and I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free and I won't forget the man who died who gave that right to me and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA I won't forget the man who died, 
who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today For there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the man who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up Next to you and defend her still today For there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the Christ. Amen. Amen. 